we'd like to welcome you to The Journey from the Hill. This is a weekly podcast of Chapel Hill Baptist Church. Each week, you'll hear biblical teaching from our pastor, Dr. Shannon Moses. At the end of today's podcast, you'll hear a way to reach out to us with any questions you might have about this message. Now, let's prayerfully listen as Dr. Moses opens the Word of God. Amen. You may be seated. That gets exciting, doesn't it? It's, it's exciting to be able to sing His name, to be able to sing the praise, glory, and honor to King Jesus forever and ever and ever. This is just warm-up down here's warm-up. So I, uh, I hope you take full advantage of the opportunities that we get. When we come together in the corporate body like this, when you get an opportunity to sing with brothers and sisters in Christ, do not do not take that lightly. What a great honor. This morning we're talking about baptism. That's what we're talking about. And I hope that you have, first of all, trusted Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's my prayer for you. My heart's desire for you is that you know Him personally, that you know Jesus, that you somewhere, somehow, wherever you were, whether it was in a, in a church service, a vacation Bible school, a revival, a youth camp, a retreat, a getaway, or w- whether it was at home, in the bed, in the quietness, in the stillness of that moment, you trusted Christ as Lord and Savior. If you haven't, please consider Christ. If you have not, please, before eternity gets you, please trust Christ. After we follow Christ, after we've, we've made Him Lord, the first act, the very first act of obedience as a, as a believer is baptism. We've been reading over and over for the month of, uh, for this month, what are we in? September, we've been reading the book of Colossians day in and day out. We read, we pick a book and we just read it over and over and over as the body together all month long. And what happens is it becomes very familiar to you. The Word of God, you begin to bury it inside of you. It becomes far more than just a book. It becomes a way of life. You start, you start living life through the Word because this Word is alive. It's living. One of the verses we've read over and over, found over in chapter 2, verse uh, verse 11, and in him you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands in the removal of the body of flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised up with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. Baptism is an outward expression of of what Christ has already done in your life. When we trust Christ as Lord and Savior, we follow in believer's baptism. You're like, where do we get that from? Well, we're going to go to a lot of places, got a lot of stickies this morning. Go with me over to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 28, some of Jesus' final words while on earth, His final commissioning statement, to his followers there, was for us to make disciples, first of all. And a disciple is a person who has trusted Christ. A a disciple is a person who is no longer following after their own wants and desires and living in rebellion to God, but rather are following in obedience to Christ. When we turn from our own way of living, when we turn from ourselves and make Lord Jesus just that, 
Lord of our lives and we begin to walk with him, we are disciples, we are followers of Christ. Look at what Jesus says here. Beginning in Matthew chapter 28, look at verse 19. It says, go therefore and make disciples. Let people hear the good news, get the message of the gospel in front of them, and when they turn from their selfish ways and come and follow him, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This morning, both first service and second service had two young men first service, two young men second service, who outwardly told the world what Christ had already done inside of them. They were followers. They are followers of Christ. And they are obediently stepping out and saying, Hey world, hey family, hey friends, Christ Jesus is my Lord. My old self is dead. I am I am buried in the likeness of Christ and I am raised again. Just as Christ rose again on the third day, I am alive forevermore in Jesus' name. Turn over, maybe the same opening. Turn over just a page to Mark 1. Mark 1, we see John the Baptist baptizing. We know John, some six months or so older than Jesus, before the angel Gabriel came to Mary, he had gone to John's mother and said, look, you're about to have a son and he is going to go before and be the forerunner of Jesus. Be forerunner of the Messiah. And here John the Baptist and John... In Mark chapter 1, beginning in verse 4, it reads, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea was going out to him and all the people of Jerusalem, and they were being baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist, and his diet was locust and wild honey. And he was preaching and saying, After me one is coming who is mightier than I, and I am not fit to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. Listen, I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, verse 9, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Immediately coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens opening and the Spirit like a dove descending upon him. And a voice came out of the heavens saying, You are my beloved Son, and you I am well pleased. Jesus, God himself, the Messiah, the promised one, was baptized. It says, it says coming up out of the water, pictures all through, and we'll look. We'll see. We'll see in the early church. We'll see as the church begins to thrive. They go into the water and they come out of the water. What Jesus did. Look over the early church baptized. Look in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. When the Holy Spirit had come and Peter preached that powerful message. The same Peter that before the Holy Spirit came upon him was afraid to even, he was afraid of even young girls around the fire. They said, you were one of them. And he said, no, I wasn't. Three times before the rooster crowed, Peter denied Jesus. But when the Holy Spirit came upon him there on the day of Pentecost and that, that room was shaken and, and, and 
the Spirit of God fell and they spoke powerfully and, and they began to preach the Word of God with boldness. The people that heard were broken. The people that heard wanted to know, what do we do now? What do we do? Look at Acts chapter 2, verse 37. Now when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brethren, what shall we do? Notice, notice the order. Peter said to them, Repent. What is repentance? Repentance is confession. Repentance is admitting that, look, my way of life is wrong. My direction is wrong. I repent and I follow King Jesus. I repent of my life and my sin, and I follow Christ Jesus as Lord. He is the Christ. He is the Son of the living God. Peter's advice, Peter's counsel, when they said, what must we do? What do we do? He says, repent, and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. In the early church, Jesus had set for the example to baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Here, the early church is literally in its infancy stages. It is just beginning. And the believers, those who repent of their sins, repent of rebelling against God and follow Christ as Savior, their first act of obedience was to follow in believers' baptism. Turn over with me a few more pages. Acts chapter 8. The church is beginning to grow. People are coming to know Christ as Savior. By now we've got the disciples. The disciples are going out. Revival is breaking out more and more. God is adding to His church daily those who are being saved. And revival is happening in an area. And here we find, we find Philip go all the way down to verse 20, 25. Philip here. Revival is happening, and notice this. There's a, there's a little sermonette hit off in the big sermon this morning. Big sermon's about baptism. Big sermon is to really get you guys to understand what biblical baptism is, why we have it. Well, we have it because Jesus did it. We have it because Jesus said go do it. We have it because the early church fathers did it. We have it because all through the early book of Acts and all through Scripture, it talks about being baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But here we quickly take a detour into the story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. And really it's a challenge to every single one of us in this room that know Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Revival is happening. Exciting things are happening. People are, are coming to know Christ. There, there's, there's, it's in the news. It's in the papers. I mean, it's, it's getting all the Facebook shares. It is amazing what God is doing. But notice what God tells Philip to do. Beginning in verse 26. But an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip saying, Get up and go south to the road that descends to Jerusalem, to Gaza. This is a desert road. Listen, church. Sometimes it don't matter how good things are going. Sometimes it don't matter how exciting and how exactly you're supposed to be where you are. Sometimes God needs us to go do things. Sometimes the Spirit of God comes whispering into our hearts and says, Hey, I want you to get up and I want you to go do something for me. 
when the Spirit of God calls, when the Spirit of God nudges, when He says, hey, you, I need you to get up and go. Guys, our only response as followers of Jesus, our only response as those who have surrendered our lives and said, you are Lord of our lives. When the Lord says go, then you and I are to simply go. When we don't, it's disobedience. Because here's the deal. There's a revival breaking out. There's an excitement happening. Everything is good up there. And here God sends Philip. I want you to go south. I want you to go to a desert place. I want you to go to a place where, you know, it may not be so exciting down there. It may be hard down there. It may be uncomfortable. It may be new down there. But I need you to go. I need you to go. Watch what happens. So he got up and he went. He got up and he went. I often think, what if he hadn't have went? I often think, what if all through Scripture, many of these people that God used, what if they hadn't have obeyed? Think about it. He didn't have to get up and go. Abraham didn't have to get up and go. Moses didn't have to turn and look at the burning bush. I mean, Jonah could have continued to get swallowed by fish over and over and over and over and over and not went. Eventually, here's the deal. We, how many times are we going to continue to say no to the Holy Spirit when He says go? Because I go ahead and say when revival is happening and when we're in a good, warm, and fuzzy place, nobody wants to leave that. Nobody wants to leave familiar. Nobody wants to leave comfortable. I can do this blindfolded, but what about the voice of the Lord that is saying, go? So he got up and went. And there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all of the treasure. And he had come to Jerusalem to worship, and he was returning and sitting in the chariot and was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the Spirit of God said to Philip, go up and join the chariot. Here's the deal. We are to be sensitive to the move, sensitive to the leading. When you say, Lord God, here I am, send me, we're to be sensitive. The same voice that says sin is the same voice that says do this now, and do this now, and do this now. It's the same voice that we listen to every single day of our lives. But we got to be listening. we got to listen to the voice of the Lord. There's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of shiny, noisy things that are pulling us in lots of places. Not just enough to say, okay, God, here I am, send me. But when we get there, it's almost now what? All right, tomorrow comes now what? The next day comes now what? You know what that's called? That's called walking by faith and not by sight. Lord, I don't know where I'm here. I don't, I don't know what's going on, God. I, I, was, I knew what to do back there in the revival. I knew what to do in the warm and fuzzy. I knew what to do in the familiar. But now I am in the center of your will and I am living day by day, moment by moment, sensitive to your leading. And the Spirit of God told him to go up to the chair and notice his response. His response was not one of reluctance. His response was one of immediate action and obedience. The Bible says, the Bible says Philip ran up and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and said, Do you understand what you're reading? And he said, Well, how could I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him and Now the passage of scripture which he was reading was this He was led as a sheep to slaughter and as a lamb to before its shearers is silent, so he does not open his mouth. 
and humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Who will relate his generations? For his life is removed from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, Please tell me, of whom does the prophet say this? Of himself or of someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth. Guys, when we go there, when we allow the Spirit of God to be Lord of our lives, and we leave, and we go, and we answer the call, and we, we, we all right, Lord God, here I go. I, I hear you. You want me to go talk to this person, or you want me to go see this person, or you just want me to, to, to do this. When we go there, here's the deal. The conversations that we have matter. We only have a finite time with people around here on this earth. And the only name, the only hope that any person has is Jesus. And not Roll Tide or, or War Eagle football or, or hunting and fishing. No, it's not Democrat, Republican. It's not weather conversation. It's not any of those things. It is, what are you going to do with this Jesus? He gets there and, and the guy asks the question, who is he talking about? Is, is he talking about himself or someone else? What if Peter hadn't have gone? What if Philip hadn't have gone? What if Philip would have said, oh no, send somebody else. I mean, dude, look, look at the people that are being baptized and, and the, you're adding to the church regularly. And I, That's a desert place down there. There's nothing happening down there. There's nothing good ever goes on down there. And he was obedient and he went. And he was sensitive and he ran. And when the door was opened, when the door swung wide open for him to step forth, look at what he does. Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning from the scripture, he preached Jesus to him. What the world needs is not more of our opinions. What the world needs is Jesus preached to them. They need hope given to them. And as they were along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, water. What? What prevents me from being baptized? He believed. He heard the good news. He, he heard the gospel. He heard who he was speaking of. And he said, what keeps me from being baptized? What keeps me from following Christ and letting the world know? What keeps me? And Philip said to him, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And he ordered the chariot to stop, pay attention. And they both went down into the water. Philip as well, and the eunuch, and he was baptized. And when they come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away, and the eunuch no longer saw him, but went away rejoicing. Notice the detail Dr. Luke gives and on the specifics of the baptism. He went down into the water. And he was baptized, and he come up out of the water. Notice what effort the Word of God gives to clarify the picture. Jesus in the water, baptized. Philip, Ethiopian eunuch, in the water, was baptized. Turn over with me, just a page or two. The, the mystery of the gospel, go to Acts chapter 10, the mystery of the gospel, the mystery that forever, for ages, had been 
been hidden from the prophets and those who had studied and, and wondered, what is it? And the mystery was that we Gentiles have a place. That it's not just reserved for the elite or for the, those that are of Abraham's descendants. No, it's, it's also for us who, who were not a people, but God made His very own people. Us who, who had no hope, but God brought us in. Church is growing and it's getting further and further and further out. Persecution has spread the disciples out farther and farther. And Peter here, Peter here is sent by a vision at night. He has a dream and you've read this dream, you know this dream. The, the, the sheet comes down and, and Peter being very zealous for his beliefs, his very zealous in his doctrine, he he was protective and he says, look, I've never touched or ate or been any, anywhere around anything unclean. And God said, look, what I clean is clean. And we'll, get over to, we'll get over to Acts chapter 10. And we begin in verse 34. And Peter here has gone to Cornelius' house. And Cornelius hears and his people hears the gospel. Listen to this. Opening his mouth, verse 34, Peter said, I most certainly understand now that God is not one to show partiality, but every nation, the man who fears Him and does what is right is welcome to Him. The word which He sent to the sons of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, He is Lord of all. You yourselves know the thing which took place throughout all Judea, starting from Galilee, after the baptism which John proclaimed. You know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We are witnesses of all the things he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They also put him to death by hanging him on a cross. And God raised him up on the third day and granted that he become visible, not to all the people, but, be, but to witnesses who were chosen beforehand by God, that is, to us who ate and drank with Him after He arose from the dead, and He ordered us to preach to the people and solemnly to testify that this is the one who has been appointed by God as judge of the living and the dead. Of Him all the prophets bear witness, and through His name everyone who believes in Him receives forgiveness of sins. Notice verse 44, very important. While Peter was still preaching, while Peter was still speaking, the words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening to the message. Notice the timing. Notice the timing. Many will use the verse back over in Acts chapter 2 of repent and be baptized, each one of you, and you'll receive the Holy Spirit. Notice here the Holy Spirit comes before baptism. Baptism doesn't come through the Holy Spirit. Baptism is, a, is an outward expression of what God and the Holy Spirit are already doing inside of a person. Biblically, notice the order. Always pay attention to what the Bible says and not what man says. Pay attention to what the Scripture says and what, not what man teaches or, or traditions or history even teaches. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening to the message all the, all the circumcised believers who came with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. 
I mean, the guys were, were the Spirit of God had fallen on them, and, and they were trusting Christ. They were, they were believing the words. They were believing the word as they heard the word. They were putting their trust and their faith. They were becoming disciples and followers of the Lord Jesus. And notice what Peter says. For they were hearing them speaking with tongues and exalting God. Then Peter answered, verse 47, Surely no one can refuse the water for these to be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we did, can he? And he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked him to stay on for a few days. Baptism was all through the early church. Baptism is an outward expression. It's a, it's a, it's a public display. It's a, it's a picture of I die with Christ. And just as He rose again, I rise in newness of life. It is a it is an public telling to all the world that, that, hey, I follow Christ. I'm a disciple of Christ. I'm a follower of Christ. Look over with me finally in Romans chapter 6. In Romans chapter 6, for us, it's, it describes, it puts in words exactly what happens. Verse 3, or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into His death? Therefore, we have been buried with Him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have become united with Him in the likeness of His death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of His resurrection, knowing that our old self was crucified with Him in order that our body of sin might be done away with, so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. For He who has died is freed from sin. This morning I ask you, first of all, have you trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior? Most important, utmost importance, is being a follower of Christ. If you have, then have you followed in believer's baptism? Have you, have you did that first step? You know, I, I meet people, I know people, I have people that sit in churches all the time. I just don't think you need to be baptized. Well, I, I get you, but Jesus thought you should. I mean, I get you, but Jesus did. I mean, I hear your opinion, and I hear your, your, your opinion, but that's not what the Bible teaches. First act of obedience is baptism. First act of rebellion, first act of disobedience is, Lord, I want to be your disciple, but I don't want to do everything you've commanded me to do. Why not? Why not? If you've never, if you've never trusted, most importantly, Christ as your Lord and Savior, please consider Christ before eternity gets you. But if you have trusted Christ, then, then be baptized. And if you have been baptized, then the sermonette is yours. You hear that? If you've never trusted Christ, please do. If you've not followed in believers' baptism, you're, you're living in active rebellion. Don't do that. Just say, hey, I want to, I want to follow. I want to let the world know. I, so many say, well, that's just my thing, and that's my personal, private thing. No, it's not. Let the world know. Don't be ashamed that Jesus is Lord. If you have, and you know what? That same voice that's 
That that same voice that nudged Philip to go is the same voice that nudges us every single day of our lives. Hey, I need you to get up and go. Yeah, but I don't I don't want to go. Yeah, but I need you to go. I don't know what it's like down there. I don't need you to know what it's like down there. I just need you to go. And when you get there, I need you to listen to me. I need you to pay close attention to my word. And I want you to follow me. When an opportunity comes open, when the door swings open, I just want you to talk about me. I want you to rest in me. Guys, he calls us every day. He nudges us every day. Not just for preachers. Guys, this ain't just a 30-minute sermon. Hey, I'm about done. I'm about to walk down. He's about to come up. We're going to sing the coolest song we sing at this church, I believe. And we're going to go. And there's many of you. Here's the deal. Many of you will be like, what was the sermon about? I don't know. A bunch of kids came in. That's how the enemy works. He snatches it. He snatches it. And we say we're not in a war. We say we're we say it's easy. Guys, you're either fighting. You gotta be fighting. You gotta be fighting. You gotta be fighting. Father God, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus for this group, for this room, for this body. Lord, I I pray that every one of them know you as Savior, but if not, then Holy Spirit of God, draw them to yourself. Show them their desperate need for you. God, I pray that if there's even one in this room that's never, they, they are followers of yours, they have trusted you, but they've never, for whatever the reason, they've just never thought baptism was important. God, please show them that error and move in their heart. God, I pray also for those that hear from you or that you're calling, that you're nudging, that you're whispering and speaking to. God, we don't want to disobey you. We want to, we want to run when you say go. We want to hold the things of this earth so loosely and be so ready to be sent by you. God, that's all that matters. What do you want us to be doing? Where do you want us to be going? Who do you want us to be talking to? What do you want us to be? God, we're listening. Don't let us leave it here. Don't let Satan snatch this one. God, pray that this room struggles with this. They wrestle with this. They don't leave it here. Do that, Lord, in Jesus' name. We hope you received a blessing from this week's message. If you have any questions about what you've heard from Pastor Shannon this week, you may call our church office at area code 205-339-4071. We pray that God's word strengthens you as you go on your journey today.